Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome back into another edition of the List Podcast brought to you by The Man Salon, themansalon.net. For all your haircut needs, check out our good friends over at The Man Salon. Very excited for this week's edition as we are talking about the greatest university in college football history, the U, and we're going to get to some bets for this year as my good friend Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, joining us today on The List Podcast. Lee, we've done... I mean, a ton of interviews over the years, a couple of them face-to-face during Super Bowl week, but like 90% of them over the phone. It's nice to see your face as we talk today. <laughs> I don't know. They save a face for radio sometimes. But, uh, uh, yeah, it, it is more fun. I think it's a little bit easier to do an interview that way. Um, actually, sometimes I sit back in a chair and have my feet up. So uh, can't do that, but that's the only negative. Glad to be with you. Hey, man, a pleasure, Lee. So, first of all, you live in South Florida. I, I have been a Miami Hurricane fan since I was a little kid. All my family and friends were either Hawkeye fans or Husker fans, and be damned if I was going to be a Husker or a Hawkeye fan. And Miami was kicking the crap out of a lot of teams back when I was a child. So I was like, yeah, let me jump on that bandwagon. Now, times have become a little tough as of late, but we watched during the 90s a team that was a dynasty, and you got to watch them. Uh, much much earlier than I did. Give a little background into uh, you being a, a, a fan of Miami or being down there around that team early on. Okay, so my father uh, growing up was a team dentist. So he was actually the first person we believe, we did a cu- little bit of research that now, you know, um, you're how old now, Jeff? I don't I'm 38. Okay, I'm 60. But <laughs> you, when you I was growing up, Five, Lee. <laughs> I feel like me. actually played basketball, played full court basketball for two hours, uh, but slept for 10 hours after that. I was so tired. But um, so I, you don't remember this, but used to we used to have rubber mouthpieces when we played. Rubber, big, thick rubber mouthpieces that were like this big that fit in your mouth. So what happened was he was a team dentist and, and they would he would take care of guys that had problems with their mouth. And they were talking about the quarterbacks when they were calling audibles, players couldn't understand them, you know, with these big mouthpieces. So he came up with the idea that people slept with mouth guards, people, you know, starting in the late sixties, early seventies. So to, to decrease their snoring. And he's like, you know what? I can make mouthpieces thin enough to where they can call the plays and call audibles And everyone can understand that. So it started off in the early 70s, maybe 72, 73. He made it for all the quarterbacks. They would have a mold and they would put their main mouthpiece on there and a couple of them, uh, give them probably two or three extra mouthpieces. And then eventually a couple of years later, the whole University of Miami team was wearing it. So we think we're pretty sure he was a pioneer uh, to those thin, clear 
uh, mouthpieces that that players wear. So that was fun for me as a kid to see them come in, you know, get their physicals, you know, get their teeth checked out. Um, and uh, I would stand on the sidelines for a lot of games with him. So the times weren't very good, starting late 60s uh, through the 70s. In fact, I think they had a losing record every year from 68 to 78. So Isn't that crazy, I man, how, how- – it's crazy how the, the 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 trajectory of a program can change and then it becomes something totally different. And as we've seen with Miami, it's, it's you know, for the people today, they look at it and go, man, I, the youngsters go, I don't remember when Miami was great, but man, that, that stretch from the 80s to the 90s to the early 2000s, one of the best stretches in college football history. No argument there. So here's how we'll do it today, Lee. We'll go top 10 hurricanes of all time, 10 through one. I'll have you do 10 through six, then I'll give my 10 through six, and then you're okay. five through one and my five through one. And, and I will say this, with this podcast, what is great, I didn't give you like any criteria. I didn't tell you it had to be statistical. I didn't tell you it couldn't be your favorites. I didn't tell you any eras. I sort of have this rule in, in radio and sports that I was born in 1985, so nothing really happened in sports before 1985, oh, right? Like, so, <laughs> so I don't really go old school on the Miami Hurricanes or any other on this list. But I do have one shout-out to an old-school player. The rest of them are sort of 85 and beyond. Uh, but I'll let you go first. 10 through 6, who's on your list? Okay, so most lists only really include one old-timer, and he's near the top of my list. But being around in one of these guys, the first guy was around even before I was there. But I understand the history, and I, I mean, I sit with some old-timers uh, at the baseball games, and so I'm able to pick their brains and – and talk to them and old coaches. In fact, last night I was with, uh, I went to the University of Miami practice. I'll, I'll just show you this little picture. And you talk, the guys that stopped by there, it's incredible. I and, bet it is, man. It's like a who's who, I'm sure. Who, who is this? Ed Ogeron was a practice. Ed O, baby. Ed O, man. I mean, he wanted, he was ready to go out to dinner with us. I had to get back <laughs> home and do some studying, but, um, the stories he told in 15 minutes were insane. And I'll work in one of the players, something what he said, and one of the reasons why that player is so high. All right, so I'm going to mix in my opinion, the 10 greatest Hurricanes. They may not have had the greatest statistical seasons, sure. but I think, in my opinion, I think I'm up there, maybe one of the top 10 people all time who can who can come across and, and, and give you these opinions. Number 10, I'm going to start with George Myra. George Meyer was a quarterback from 60 to 62. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist. He threw for almost 2,000, a little above 2,000 back-to-back yards, and quarterbacks weren't throwing for that kind of yards. I think they won, I think it was the 62 Gotham Bowl, bowl that disappeared. When he threw for over 300 yards in a game, they were awful when he was there, but they won all three years. They had winning records. He ran around, threw around. He was with the 49ers for a long time and finished – I think actually with the Dolphins, um, either the, the either the Super Bowl year or the year they made it to the Super Bowl in 71. And I, I think he's number 10. I just think he just was the only guy in that era who did much of anything. Number nine, guy you're familiar with, I think Chuck Foreman. Oh, my my man, Chuck. So, so Chuck, dude, is a guy yeah. that he, you know, you talk about, guys that should I think he should be in the Hall of Fame I know his career was short but like ring of honor with the Vikings he's one of those guys that I love talking Miami Hurricane football with um he would come on my local show so often and and I actually 
had Chuck Foreman on the outside looking in. Like I could have put him at 10, put him at nine. I had him at 11 on my list, but shout out to my guy, Chuck Foreman, man. I mean, dude was just spectacular. So let me, let me give you a background to Chuck. Teams were awful. The three teams, freshmen couldn't play when he came in. They were on the freshman team. 70, they were three and eight. 71, they were four and seven. 72, they were five and six. Okay. There were so few good players on that team, and maybe that those three years, the worst quarterbacks than you have ever seen. I believe it was one guy was named like Chuck Hornibrook. Awful. Um, they had the Bakers. They weren't related. Kerry and some other Baker. So bad. I mean, when they completed a pass, they would almost get standing ovation. <laughs> Chuck Foreman is – Still top 10 and, and only played three years and on awful teams. Top 10 in kickoff returns, still net yards gained, TDs, total points, still top 10 and top five in most of those categories. And he had a couple of like kickoff returns for touchdowns. And we're talking about they played teams like Alabama in their prime, Notre Dame, USC, and he. I mean, did it all. You, I mean, running, catching, everything. Say no, say no more. Another guy that that excelled when teams were bad, and he kind of one of the first black players to ever play at Miami. Never complained. Almost never got hurt. Did did everything. He not only if he wins a Super Bowl with Minnesota, he probably gets in the Super Bowl. I in the, in the Hall of Fame. I agree. And I'll say this: a couple of years yeah. ago, they were calling Lamar Jackson the spin doctor, and Chuck Foreman yeah. was on my show the week after. He's like, wait a second. I'm the original spin doctor. He sent me one of these T-shirts that they were selling back when he played. Signed Chuck Foreman, one of my favorite pieces of memorabilia, the original spin doctor. Chuck okay. Foreman, who do you got at number eight? Okay, well, first of all, they say he actually had a nickname no one knows. What's that? Nickname in college, a lot of people, Scorpio. Scorpio? Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little, okay. little bit. And he also played the trumpet and sang. I don't what? know if you know that. I did not know yeah, that. He could have been. He could have been one of those guys that was in the band at halftime or sang the national anthem, but he was just too busy um, <laughs> playing running back kicker and also one of the best pass protection blocking running backs. Also, would step step up and whack a blitzing linebacker. So that's amazing. Um, that's why he's up there. Number eight, Sean Taylor. Four interceptions in one game against Florida State. Um, the meme that they they created with him. Uh, as all 11 positions whenever Chris Ricks um, used to talk to him. I mean, he did it all. He he played defense. Uh, saw him in high school when he played at Gulliver Prep. Also returned punts. Um, inspirational leader. Just a shame in the NFL that his career yeah. was, was cut short. Grew up actually uh, about uh, four blocks from me. Really? Uh, yeah. So, Sean Taylor's number eight. Number seven, I'm going to go with Ed Reed. Okay. When when Peyton Manning says that you were one of the two people that he had to know where he was every single time on every play. Right. And the baiting. I I, I love being a former college quarterback. I love the game, the, 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 the back and forth cat and mouse game where he would show looks. And he was – if you watched him before plays, he was deep. Then he was – short on one side and then on the other side, and then also an inspirational leader, um, great teammate. He returned punts also, one of the I mean, college football and NFL Hall of Famer, 21 interceptions, 
21 career interceptions and not known for being much of a hard hitter, but forced a lot of uh, fumbles, 288 tackles, and just always came up big. And then number six, I'll go with number Ray six. Lewis. Started as a true freshman at about 185, 190 pounds. And now he's like, I think he finished his career at like 265. But, <laughs> right. Um, another guy, emotional leader, always wherever the ball was. And when he was a freshman, when he played with Warren Sapp, there was almost no other talent on that defense. It was two guys. And that game against Nebraska that they lost. Yep. If those two guys weren't in the game, they lose by 25, 30 points. It's amazing. Their talent was just spectacular. All right, I'll get you my 10 through okay. 6 now. So I had I had Chuck Foreman on the outside looking in. I had uh uh you know four quarterbacks on the outside looking in. They were Testaverde, Kelly, Dor- uh Dorsey and Kozar. Okay? So there there is another quarterback I have on my list, but I only have one quarterback in my top 10. Um Sap McGahee also on the outside looking in. So I'm giving away you know, start thinking about some of the names that are up there. But you know what? I, I know these are the players, but if you just go off of impact, I mean, I, I wanted to put Jimmy Johnson in my top 10. I know he never strapped it up and played for Miami, but like the impact he had on the brand and what he did. But you said um, players. But you said players. I know, I know man. God, I wanted to put Jimmy Johnson. Number one. Coach is number one. And I can tell you stories, Jeff. We'll do this another time. Story. So even after college, when I graduated in 86, uh-huh. I was around, I was allowed to work out in the weight room. The stories I can tell you, the things that went on and the things that he said were just spectacular. I bet they were. All right. So at number 10, I have Michael Irvin. Okay. And I know that his numbers were great, eventually surpassed by somebody that I have higher up, uh, a part of those great teams in the 80s and, you know, brought the bravado. And then, of course, we all know about the, the Hall of Fame career afterwards. But when you talk, I, th- I think the thing that sort of um, impressed me so much about Michael Irvin at the time was his athleticism at the time and, and the, the ability to play sort of an NFL level of game at the college level. Like he had the body, he had the skill set. And, you know, probably his last year, you could have put him in the NFL and he would have been successful as well. The numbers were spectacular and for a long time was at the top of a lot of receiving charts for Miami. I have Michael Irvin at 10. At number nine, I got Vince Wilfork. Um, if you think of dominating forces in the middle of a defensive line, Vince Wilford goes right to the top for me, man. I remember watching him in college thinking, like, did we get lucky? And 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 is this guy, like, been playing for six or seven years? Dude dude looked like, you know, a, a, a mountain masquerading as a man, as you hear sometimes in college basketball. But Vince Wilford and the, the numbers, I mean, he was – if you look at the the uh, analytics on on when he was playing, it's, it's spectacular what he did to slow down the run of opposing teams uh, for Miami. At number eight, you already mentioned all the statistics and starting as a freshman, I have Ray Lewis uh, right there at number eight as well. And I think, you know, as I was doing this list league and as a fan, you know, you have your favorites and you have, but like you start to look at the other names that are around, like I mentioned a bunch already, like those guys would be top 10 on so many other lists of other college football programs. It just shows how much depth and how much talent, how much NFL talent was across the board from the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Sean Taylor I have at number seven. You mentioned it. God rest his soul left us way too early. Um, But a guy that I think just he put intimidation into the other quarterback every time that he had to look across the field. 
and he made it so much easier for others to make plays on his team because he, you knew, as you mentioned, he could play every position. He could play like two positions at the same time. And it was like playing 12 on 11. Like he just, and he was so cerebral and smart while he played as well. I got Sean Taylor there. And then I got my lone quarterback at number six, Gino Toretta. Now, what do you think of me having Gino above all those other quarterbacks? I don't think Gino, he didn't even make my top 20. What? Heisman yeah, okay. Trophy winner? He had a great year. He had okay. so much. He had so much talent around him. I mean, he had Williams who played for the Cowboys. He had Lamar Thomas. Uh, trying to think of the third receiver. He he came up big in those moments. Uh huh. But there's a reason, in my opinion, why he was drafted in the 12th round. Like I said, there's 30 guys from 11 to 30, and he's somewhere in there. Okay. That could you can make an argument or in the top 10? That's why I don't have a problem. But he just doesn't make my top 10. He doesn't make my top five quarterbacks. I mean, uh, Dorsey, Kelly. Um, Kozar, Testaverde. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, I even think Craig Erickson was a better talent. Better talent? Oh, Craig Erickson. Let me tell you about Craig Erickson's arm. Okay. So no good. I'm standing on the sideline of the Texas-Miami Cotton Bowl. I think it was like 93. Okay. It was about... 38, 40 degrees. The winds were blowing. All right. He threw the ball one time a short corner route from one hash mark to the other corner. The ball was whistling. (laughs) Um, And 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 he did it. And he did it for he did it for a couple years. So Gino's great. Gino's actually a friend of mine. Uh, I, he's been on my radio show a bunch. I'm biased as hell to Gino Toretti. He's been so nice to me over the years. So I probably adjusted it. Again, it's my list, damn it. I'm going to put him where I want him. But I, I I probably am biased, and I admit my biased nature all the time here on the List Podcast, brought to you by the Man Slot, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Find us there, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. I'm telling you guys, during the football season, hit up Paramount Sports. They will make you a winner. Uh, I, I normally am talking lines and betting stuff with Lee, so this is unique interview for us. But I'm telling you, Paramount Sports, check them out there. All right, man, so uh, give me your five through one, Lee. Let's let's complete this list. Okay, Edger and James at number five. Okay. Edge was a player on a team that was awful when he started. I mean, when they came back after the probation, Butch Davis, what he was able to do, and he was there just one year before they really almost reached the mountaintop, but that game he get, had against UCLA was insane. He gained, as a sophomore, almost 1,100 yards, uh, over 1,400 yards his junior year on a bad team, bad quarterbacks. Um, I mean, he averaged, averaged 5.9 yards per carry for his career. I have edge at five. I mean, some people might have him at 15 or 20. Um, I thought he was the best back. Now, he just was starting to scratch the surface, and he got better as a pro. But um, quiet leader, didn't talk at all. Number four, Warren Sapp. This is why I have Warren Sapp number four. Okay. He had, as a defensive tackle, the year before he turned pro, 84 tackles. You may never see a defensive tackle have more than like 60 again. He had 10 and a half sacks that year, had nine tackles for losses. He had two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries. Pop in the tape against Nebraska. I think it was like 94, 95, where I think 
I forget who the running back, the fullback scores, and they take the lead with four or five minutes to go in the game. Until that point, he was being doubled and triple teamed and still was all over the – he was – Ray Lewis had a decent game that game. He had – if they win that game, he's anointed as maybe the defensive player of the decade. So he was that dominant, even better than guys like Jerome Brown. Um, who did you mention? The great Vince oh, Wilfork. Wilfork was up there, but I just thought that that Warren Sapp was unblockable and made a little more penetration and had more sacks. Number three, Michael Irvin. This is why I have him so high. So I okay. was around the program when he came into the program, and I was there every summer. He changed. Now, they had won the 83 national championship. Yep, but yep. When Jimmy came, there was a little – I mean, Jimmy ended up having to keep his uh, entire coaching staff that was there the first year. Wasn't allowed to bring anyone over. Uh, wasn't allowed to fire anyone. I think one or two guys left, but uh, was stuck with the same guys. Michael Irvin was out on the field before anyone. This is a true freshman and was out last. The guy would outwork people. The The scrimmages that, that fall when I saw him, most intense scrimmages I've ever seen. Jimmy started, he used to have number ones. They never used right. to do this. The, all other college teams have ones versus two, threes, or scout team guys. Jimmy yep. was ones versus wars. Wars. I mean, the times with Alonzo Highsmith and Bratton and Irvin fighting with these guys like Jerome Brown and going at it. I mean, it was, it was better than the games. And Michael Irvin's numbers are incredible. I mean, he left – uh, Miami is a career catch leader, 26 yep. touchdowns in just three years. When In an era where they really didn't throw anywhere close to what they did now. I think it was his talent, his work ethic, and and the way he was able to lift his teammates. I have missed three. Number two, Bernie Kosar. Bernie was the smartest quarterback I've ever seen. And Howard Schnellenberger, when he was asked who is his best quarterback, he didn't say Bob Greasy. He didn't say some of these other guys that he coached, you know, uh, I, I think he might've coached in Baltimore um, with uh, Shula, but he said, Bernie Kosar picked the right receiver who to throw to more than 90, I think seven or 98% of the time. Never had. A wow. Quarterback. Wow. And the game that they beat Nebraska I mean, he picked them apart, him and Eddie Brown, a guy that is in my top 15, not quite my top 10. Actually, more talented, more talented than Michael Urban. Um, played a bunch of years for Cincinnati. Great college player. But uh, Bernie, to me, was the cerebral greatest quarterback in Miami history. Number one. I can't Ted wait to hear this. Who's number one, Lee? Ted Hendricks. Ted Hendricks. What? Was Is the number one? Number one. Bad teams played in the late 60s. Yeah. Mid-late 60s was unblockable, would be double and triple teamed on every player. I think he was like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I mean, he played, I think, tight end and defensive end uh, in high school, but it was a defensive end, never came out. So not only is he in the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame, All-American on a bad team three straight years. If he played on a national championship team and, – and he won a couple Super Bowls. I think he won one with Baltimore and also the Raiders, if I'm not wrong. Talk to people who played with or against Ted Hendricks, 
and they'll be like shaking their head like he was insane. <laughs> number one. I love the perspective because, like I said, nothing really happened before 85 in my world, and that's why I brought you on because I knew you knew the history of Miami football as well as anyone that I know. And I was I, So when I started putting this podcast together like a year ago, this was one that I was looking forward to, talking about Miami Hurricane football. And I knew that you were the guy. When I sent you the options, I was hoping you were picking top 10 Hurricanes of all time, man. I'm so glad you did. He's got him there at number one. All right, five through one for me. I'll run through them quick. I got Reggie Wayne at number five. Um, again, started to, to transition to more of that passing era of football and his numbers back up, him being in the top 10, in my opinion. Number five, or number four, is the man that sits atop. And I'm talking about Miami. He didn't go on to have the career like Irvin or Reggie Wayne or even Andre Johnson at the NFL level. But, man, Santana Moss was one of my favorite Dude, you just knew it was going to be a stat filler. He's going to get touchdowns. He's going to get yards. Broke those Michael Irvin records there at Miami. I have him at number four. Uh, at number three, I have Clinton Portis. And I wanted to get your take on this one because, you know, he, he got into the end zone, um, I think, more than Willis McGahee did. Or maybe it was flipped. But, like, McGahee, Portis, like, to me, they're kind of in that same mold, like, they were part of super good teams with great offensive lines. And so you knew the production was going to come along with that. What do you think of Clinton Portis being the number three on my list? Great. Another guy that's like in my top 20. I mean, here's the problem with Portis. Three guys who are there together. I don't think you'll ever see three running backs who are there one, two, and three years Gore, apart. Or McGee and, and – and, Yeah, insane. And, and Davenport, insane. they moved to running back because he – he couldn't compete as a tailback with those guys. Made him a crazy. So it's crazy, man. It, it was so it was the battles between the three of them. Was I, I mean they would go at it. They would. There were guys, one or two or three of them, all telling the other one, "Nah, you're no good." And they'd rip off a 40, 50 yard run in practice, and then the next one. Yeah, I mean that was a fun, fun time. Absolutely, Ed Reed is number two on my list, and you mentioned all the accolades um, and everything that came along with Ed Reed. I'm not going to repeat it. I have him at number two, yeah. and number one, this guy was sitting there on your list as well. But Edrin James to me is the greatest Miami Hurricane of all time. When I think of Miami football, I think of being different, being bravado, being great. He had those teeth. He yeah. he. I mean, it was a it was a memorable the face. It's called, it's called the grill. I'm sorry, the grill. The grill. I'm not up with yeah. the lingo. The yeah. grill, uh, Mister Dennis son over here. The grill. Uh, and and listen, like the you can look at the numbers and and I just think um, the the way he dominated a game and defenses had to to accommodate for that. I mean, we could we could interchange a lot of these yeah. out, but I, I just thought Edge man like. When I was growing up, that's who my favorite Hurricane was, and then he was so great. I mean, as great as Portis and McGahee and Gore and all those guys were, I thought Edge was on a different level than them, and those guys were epic. So I have Edge at number one. Real quick, let's run through 10 through one. I got Irvin at 10, Vince Wilfork at nine, Ray Lewis at eight, Sean Taylor at seven, Gino Toretta way too high according to Lee on my list, Reggie Wayne at five, Santana Moss at four, Clinton Portis at three, Ed Reed at two, and Edgerin Edge James at number one. Ten through one, who'd you have again, Lee? We had George Myra and Chuck Foreman, Scorpio, as he was Scorpio, called. Scorpio. At Miami. Ask him if you ever interview him again about Scorpio. Um, I don't know where it came from, but but I remember, I just remember people calling him Scorpio. Then we had Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Edgerin James, Warren Sapp, 
Michael Irvin, Bernie Coase, or Ted Hendricks. There we go. All right, the list brought to you by the Man Salon. That's Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. As we uh, hang out with you on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, thanks to all the people that continue to watch. Um, all right, let's get to these other lists here. So, uh, top five college football bets uh, against and top five bets against in the NFL. I'm going to let you go first because, again, I, I love how we can have so much uniqueness with this and we can have our, our different ways to look at a question like this. But fire away with the college football aspect of this, Lee. Okay, so um, we're going to talk about um, top five uh, team totals for and against in the NFL. Here's, here's what I got, and it can change. Let's say a quarterback gets injured. You know, Amavi's not going to back that team. There's some teams that start off uh, poorly, and then um, all of a sudden catch on fire. So you have to change. Everything is fluid. The biggest problem people make when they wager is that they watch one game. Right. And most of their decisions, believe it or not, for the next seven to ten weeks are based on the first thing they see. You will see four or five teams in college football in the NFL that will lose the first game and then win four or five games against the spread. Happens all the time. All right. Top five college win totals over. Jacksonville Jaguars. So my best preseason wager is for them to win the division minus 150. I think the other three teams are complete garbage in that division. I think they're young. I think with Ridley coming back, I like them over nine and a half wins minus 140. But my best play is them to win the division minus 150, minus 155. I think it's, it's house money. It's easy. Pittsburgh over eight and a half minus 150. Always – Never have losing records. I think with Tomlin, that this might be a division where each team has like nine wins or ten wins heading into the last week of the season, and depending on what happens, that's who wins the division or ends up uh, making it as a wild card. Third team over Chicago Bears. I think Justin Fields is just scratching the surface with DJ Moore. They're going to be better if their offensive and defensive lines are improved. Look out. Not saying they're going to win the division, but um, they can battle possibly for a wild card spot because the NFC isn't very good. Also, like Green Bay, believe it or not, over seven and a half wins. Really? I think Aaron Rodgers really stunted uh, Jordan Love's uh, growth there. Uh, watching Hard Knocks, and I love Hard Knocks, this is one of the worst years. It's all about making Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, look like a good guy. Maybe he's a better guy now and he's finally happy. He was not a good guy. He didn't help out Jordan Love. He, he was never about helping out the guys underneath you. I think, except for safety position, I think they're a really strong team. And what what do you need as a uh, first-time starting quarterback? A good running game. And the Packers have that. I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. Also love the Ravens. Um, over nine and a half wins, minus 160. I, I just think Lamar Jackson's going to have an incredible year. He's finally got some weapons. So those are my top five. Uh, NFL win totals. So I actually I made my prediction like a week ago on, on one of these shows, and um, I, I took the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. I'm with you, man. I think they're loaded. The things he was missing offensively, they got. They drafted Zay Flowers. They got Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I just and he's got his contract, so he's not worried about that. Um, I absolutely love it. And if you get if you get if he gets hurt for a game or two, you got a guy that made the Pro Bowl a year ago that can come in and spot duty and at least hold the ship from sinking. So um, I like that. Okay. The only negative there is all of a sudden they're now having injuries at cornerback. Bobby Humphrey's hurt again. Um, yeah. They get injuries at cornerback. 
like a couple, I think it was two years ago. They were down to like they six. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. They'll be done. Yeah. Yeah, All right. They, they, they um, were top five unders to bet NFL. Okay. Minnesota Vikings under eight and a half. Now, I just think that doubt without Dalvin Cook, I don't respect their running game at all. I think Flores is a good hire as a defensive coordinator. Not a good head coach, but good good coordinator. But I don't respect their running game at all. And they won a lot of close games. So I think teams will be hunting for them. I think their you know, their safeties little slowed down a little bit. Teams will hit on some big plays with them. How, how, how much bigger can Jefferson's seasons be? He, I mean, what he had last year was insane. Yeah. Um, New England, under seven and a half wins, plus 115. I think it's a team at best mediocre talent playing a division uh, with three loaded teams. Cleveland, under nine and a half wins. Oh, yeah, Something's I love that, yeah. Something's going on with Deshaun Watson. He's not the same guy. It's just it's a bad franchise. It's a losing franchise. They find ways to lose close games. Arizona Cardinals, under four and a half wins. Maybe one of the worst teams we've ever seen in the last 20 years. Um, these they don't have a quarterback. They didn't even have a quarterback when Murray was helping. I mean, they just run around and make things happen. You know, this isn't Fran Tarkington, you know, mid-1970s. So, right, um, right. The speed of linebackers. I mean, there are guys that were as fast as he is now. So uh, yeah. uh, even if he comes back midseason, that's a problem. And right. then the Colts. Colts under six and a half wins, minus 105. If Richardson starts, they're going to go through some big-time growing pains. All right, man. So here's how I did it. I just did top five NFL teams to bet against consistently throughout the year. And it's sort of onto what you were talking about with win totals. Uh, this year, I don't think it's the Cowboys. Though. We all know how, how inflated the lines are over the last 30 years on the Dallas Cowboys from a week-to-week basis. Uh, America's team and people just want to fire on. I think the Cowboys actually surprised a lot of people this year. And I think they're going to be neck and neck with Philadelphia all season long. Mike McCarthy's play calling is probably my biggest question mark there. They got the Zach Martin deal done. I love them. Top five teams to bet against, though, in the NFL consistently throughout the year. At number five, I think it's Kansas City. They've become, I think, the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. The, the lines are juiced up a little. They're, they're always going to be giving an extra point or two on the Mahomes effect. And it is one of those no, situations no where yeah, – Yeah, no, no receiver. receivers at all, no man. Receiver. No, receivers no receivers at all. So, oh, And I think for like seven or eight years in a row, they went over their posted win total every year. There's got to be a year where something happens. They, I mean, maybe this is a year where Mah- if Mahomes gets injured, now their defense is better than you realize. They have a lot of good young players. Right. If he gets hurt, they win six games. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. At number four, I have the Patriots. I just think they're a bad football team, man. I think they're going to be at the bottom of the AFC East. Um, I just don't think that they're a team that I would put any money on this year. Uh, and I think that offense is going to be anemic, even with the change to Bill O'Brien. At number three, it's the Colts. I am not – I you live in the state of Florida. I think that if you talk about one of the busts at quarterback, Richardson, I just – I can't buy into it. I think it's all hype and no substance. They've already named him the starting quarterback. I, I would bet against Indianapolis all season long. At number two, there is no way that if you watched the Denver Broncos last year that you can think Sean Payton changes everything, all right? Like they, they already had injuries to two wide receivers – they didn't have any good wide receivers a year ago. Jerry Judy has underperformed. Two years ago, Lee, you had as many touchdowns as Jerry Judy did. And there was all this hype, right? Because Russell Wilson's going, yeah. zero. All right? And it wasn't like he exploded last year. Uh, Russell Wilson looked bad. You got to prove that he's not going in that direction again this year. Uh, I think that division is, is two teams, the Chargers and the Chiefs. 
Uh, but I, I'm not buying the Broncos. I think a lot of people early on in the season, because Sean Payton's the head coach, are going to be betting on the Broncos to turn things around quickly. And I just don't think it's going to be there. And then I'm betting against the Jets. Like, I'm with you on the hard knocks thing. It's all about Aaron Rodgers. It's all about making him look like a good guy. That offensive line is not good. And I think that he's going to get hit a lot. And one injury to him, and you got to go back to Zach Wilson, um, I think it's going to be bad. And I think that that division is going to be led by the Bills and the Dolphins again this year. I don't have the Jets making the playoffs. I've been saying that for months now nationally on ESPN Radio. Right? You know, we call we call them the stinking Jets down here. (laughs) Um, Not an Aaron Rodgers fan as a person. Great quarterback. I will say this: him, them having Dalvin Cook, and also having Brees Hall. If he's close to healthy by midseason, them running that that off tackle stretch play, they get any type of blocking is is dangerous. So I hope you're right. The defense is good. I'm just hoping they lose a lot of close games. Yeah, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. All right, man, hit me with the college stuff. Uh, college, probably the teams that I'm going to bet against on the win total. I just have a couple. Okay. Uh, Florida State, Florida State Seminoles, nine and a half wins. I'm going to go under. A lot of LSU, Play LSU the first game. They got to face five. Get this, five teams last year with backup quarterbacks in a row, five games in a row. They, the year before, they were five and seven. No one was hunting for them. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee at nine and a half wins. I mean, I just, I think that that last year they had one of the greatest offenses of all time. We'll see. I don't think Joe Milton's going to be able to pick up and all of a sudden. I think teams will study, study, and study some more of that offense and figure it out a little bit. So I think they're going to have a problem. And if I had to pick one more team, uh, probably Central Florida. Central Florida team, not a lot of people know about. Taking the step up and, and going to a bigger conference here, I don't think they have that level of talent. They lost the heart and soul of their team, their center, Matt Lee, to the University of Miami. This is a kid that I, think, I don't think he allowed a sack last year on a bad team. And them losing him is a big, big loss. couple teams uh, that I like a lot. I, I'd have to look and I'd have to say, you know, there. the problem is there's so much hype on so many teams. That's, that's the biggest problem. But a team out of nowhere, everyone won't even be talking about it as Hawaii. Really? Uh, everything went wrong last year. I think the win total is like three and a half. I think they'll win a bunch of games. I'm talking about like, maybe five or six, they, you know, were playing in a stadium that seated like 9,000. I just think (laughs) better coaching, Um, you know, the transition when they lost uh, their head coach, you know, who was basically asked to step down. That was a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I think Penn State's under the radar. Me too. Everyone's talking about Michigan. Everyone's talking about Ohio State. If they get any type of quarterback play, over nine and a half wins, I think they could be a player. You know, if you read these Phil Steele annuals, you're going to pick favorites all the time. You're not going to be able to find the TCUs of the world. You got to really scour and and look for teams that have players, you know, that might be going into that from first to second, second to third year that are really good. And then another team that I like a lot, I think is going to shock some people, is Kansas. I think Kansas, their quarterback was hurt last year. You know, and they had a great year. I mean, they, and, they, they and played. Who's, who's great? I mean, Texas is overhyped every year. I like Texas this year. I think maybe for once they're maybe a little underhyped. But you know, with Daniels at quarterback, they were a different team. They a lot got a lot of really good transfer 
sometimes you look at transfers and you're like, oh, well, this guy, you know, had uh, started for three years at Rutgers. Well, you know what? It might have been the worst position. You have to know how good they are. Kansas actually got some quality transfers in. And the Big 12 is a league that's wide open. They throw the football. He can run and throw. They have a really good running back and some really good receivers. I think they have a great coach in Leopold. Those are my three teams. Uh, that I think are underrated and overrated college football. I love the Penn State pick, man. Drew Allers at quarterback. Uh, Penn State's loaded defensively. They play Ohio State and Michigan, so they have a chance to beat both of them. And if they do, man, they are a one-way track to the college football playoff. All right, five teams to bet against all season. Notre Dame, they are the Cowboys, the Chiefs of college football. The Lions are always jacked up. And I'm just not buying that Marcus Freeman has this team like Brian Kelly did. So I would put Notre Dame on that list. You do not bet USC unders this year. I think they're going to score so many points. It's going to it's going to be back to those days of like when Matt Liner, maybe not the talent, but the points back when Liner and Bush and and Lindell White were there. They're going to score a ton. Bet against Colorado this year, okay? Dion can't play. All right, I don't know if anybody knows this. He isn't putting on the jersey and playing in his prime. Pun intended. Um, I'm betting against Colorado. They started off, I think, like 0-3, 0-4 against the spread a year ago. Uh, those, those numbers are going to be all based on Dion being the head coach, and I still need to see it before I believe it. Um, this one may surprise you because if you bet on Iowa unders last year, you were a rich man. I want to take Iowa overs this year. Baby Ferentz's job is on the line. If he doesn't score enough points, he will be fired. I think they're going to score enough points in that Still will be a, a line that's real low, whether it's team total what are they or go, games. Are they going to go from like 12 points a game to like 15? No, I, they got to score like 25 a game or he's going to get his ass fired, Lee. Like that's in his contract now. So I think Cade McNamara coming in is going to have a good year for, for Iowa coming over from Michigan. I think they're going to they're bringing him in for a reason to throw the football. Uh, so we'll see what they do. And then number one, Ohio State. Not that Ohio State's going to lose like four or five games or anything like that. But I think Penn State's better this year. I think Michigan's better this year. So we all know Ohio State lines are usually enormous. Watch, yeah. watch the spring game. Watch the spring yeah. game. They, I mean, for the first time in a long time, don't have a quarterback. And last year and the year before, they were thin at corner cornerback too. Yeah. And so when they're going – I mean, the, the wide receivers have gotten better in the Big Ten. The quarterback play has gotten better in the Big Ten. I think th- they will win games. I don't think they're going to cover the spread. Like They're going to be, I think, 50-50 maybe – against the spread this year. So I would just say, you know, betting against Ohio State and the ball probably bounce your way. Um, Lee, this was a blast. The List Podcast brought to you yeah. by the Man Salon. Um, going back in Miami lore was one of my favorite shows I've ever done on here. Uh, check out Lee at ParamountSports.com. UFC, college football, NFL, and more. Uh, that dude gets you winners, man. And I'm sure we'll connect sooner rather than later in our pass on radio or on one of these shows. But I want to thank you for doing the Miami stuff and all the betting stuff, Lee. And until next time, man, thanks for joining me today, buddy. Okay. Take care. See you, Jeff. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. The U, baby. Another page is turned here on the list podcast. We'll see you next week, y'all. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.